Welcome to the Mystery of Home Education with Linda LaCour Hobar, author of The Mystery of History, a world history curriculum for all ages. This pre-recorded podcast is designed for new and returning homeschool parents seeking direction, encouragement, and inspiration from a biblical worldview. And now your hostess, Linda LaCour Hobar. Hello, and welcome to the Mystery of Home Education. I'm dedicating this podcast to teaching the mystery of history in a co-op. That's because in the last couple of months, I have found myself on the phone or in meetings with several parents and teachers who are interested in teaching the mystery of history at co-op. This option apparently is on the rise. And by co-op, I'm actually referring to any group that might call itself a tutorial, a collaborative, a hybrid school, or private school. No matter the name, I love these leaders that I've been meeting. They are so enthusiastic and wholly devoted to families that just want to cluster together to teach their kids. But that doesn't mean it's easy. In fact, most of these parents and teachers I'm talking to feel a bit overwhelmed. You know what they say to me? Very similar things. They'll say, I never pictured myself running a co-op, but I have felt led by God, and here I am. Or they'll say, I started with just a handful of families, but now we're serving over a hundred. Or we love the families in our group, but they're struggling and really need us to hold their hand through the process. Can any of you relate? I hear the same story over and over. And it tells us all that more and more families are leaving the public sector for homeschool or private school, and more are coming together for community and needing guidance. In all sincerity, they're hoping that someone's out there who can help them out. Because you know what? Today's homeschool mom, she's really on a different journey than I was, say, 30 years ago. Today's homeschool mom not only has the scrutiny of the world upon her shoulders, like I did, for what she's doing, but in addition, so many are working, working part-time jobs, full-time jobs, all while the world around us seems to be devolving into utter darkness. I mean, really, the headlines are so heartbreaking. School shootings are up. Fentanyl deaths are up. Sex trafficking, that's closer to home than it used to be. Gender confusion and the propaganda surrounding that, it's all in the face of our children. And then social media addiction, well, that's stealing the souls of our children who don't seem to be safe to play outside anymore. Or they just don't want to because they're so hooked on screen time. By the way, I'm describing the challenges that my own grown daughter faces with my grandchildren. They're trying to homeschool in this upside down world. Well, this is all the more reason I want to make it easier to teach the mystery of history at a co-op, in a tutorial, whatever you call your group. Let's collaborate as much as possible to free you up to attend to fighting the cultural battles that are swirling around you. So here's what I'd like to do in this podcast. I will address three things. One, philosophy. Two, materials. And three, some how-tos. Philosophy first. I do think it's relevant to say that the mystery of history was designed to teach history to all ages. Be it that those students are at home, in a co-op, or private school, the mystery of history can be a tool for all. What we don't do is replace the authority of parents and teachers. We're a standalone program that aims to come alongside you in teaching world history from a biblical worldview. Now, the purpose of me sharing that is to let you know that there is great freedom in our program 
This is not a one-way-or-the-highway type series. No. Teachers and parents, you can take or leave what we have to offer, consider it like a buffet, and you can move all kinds of directions to best meet the needs of your students or your schools. So keep that in mind as we move to materials and how-tos. These are all guidelines and suggestions for your success, not hard, fast rules. Now about those materials, number two. Let me say first, I believe that any good curriculum is going to be like a two-sided coin. On one side, the contents, the guts, the lessons, well, they need to be meaty, valuable, and understandable, or else that material is just going to sit and collect dust. And on the other side of the coin, the curriculum designed to support the contents, well, it needs to be easy to use, practical, and have some fun in it, or that material is going to sit and collect dust. We genuinely hope that we have offered you both sides of the coin in this program. Now, if it's not obvious, the contents, those stories of world history, that's my favorite part. That's what pulls from my merry side. I sincerely feel world history. I'm a feeler. And I wrote the lessons with great passion. We're actually considered a living book for that reason. Now, the curriculum, all that stuff to do, that's pulling from my Martha side and my experience from teaching three kids at home, as well as a few co-ops and some online classes. I've been teaching students from fourth grade up to 12th. Back to the series, if you're not already familiar with it, there are four volumes of the mystery of history, each representing one of the four major eras. Do you know the four eras? Commonly, they are ancient, medieval, Renaissance Reformation, and modern. Each student reader that we made is a colorful hardback offering three lessons a week. But very important to know, each student reader, which you might call a volume, comes with a digital companion guide in the front of the book. And that's what gives you access to the user-friendly curriculum I just spoke of. And please don't feel silly if you never found your companion guide code. I can't tell you how many times people write and say, I thought I ordered the companion guide, but I can't find it. Well, it's inside the front cover of your student reader by way of a code. If you don't have that, let us know. There were just a handful of books printed without it. I feel that teachers and parents are going to want to work through both parts of each volume to really get the most out of the series. But what they use, at least out of the companion guide, it's going to vary. We give you options. Let's talk about them. So besides those three meaty lessons a week that are in the student reader, which you don't want to miss, each week in the companion guide offers the following. There's first pretest that's designed to warm up the crowd. Don't make that hard. You can even say it out loud if you want. Then there are hands-on or research activities for all ages following each and every lesson. And these are going to be labeled for younger, middle, and older students. They're optional and they're age-appropriate. It's a place for students to take the lesson and kind of do something with it. And then at the end of each week, we have four different ways they can review and pull together what they've looked at that week. They can make memory cards. Those are just homemade flashcards. They can do timeline work. They can complete mapping exercises. And they can take a quiz or complete an exercise. By the way, we alternate in the companion guide between quizzes and exercises. Basically, quizzes are going to test retention. And exercises, they're more interactive. Last, the back of each companion guide offers 
hundreds of literature titles for you to choose from that will help bring history to life. And let me say, if the number of titles is overwhelming, because I mean, there's a lot of titles, I do suggest you look at our read aloud favorites, where we narrowed the list down to about 12 or 15 per volume to give you some of the best historical fiction around. Can I tease you with just a few titles? We're talking about very popular books like The Bronze Bow, Crispin, Johnny Tremaine, or Number the Stars. Like I said, there's lots, lots more. By the way, to help parents and teachers better see their weekly options in the companion guide, we recently crafted what we're calling planning pages. That's where we took a whole week and laid it out on one page with corresponding page numbers just to help you manage the student reader in the left-hand column of the page and the companion guide on the other side of the page. These are new, and I tell you what, they're selling well. Now, specific to co-ops and other small groups, we do have some favorite classroom items that I want to mention because you might want to consider them. First, I would say a timeline for the whole class to build. That's very popular. Second, you may want to consider atlases for students to share in class. Third, the challenge cards. These are made by Bright Ideas Press. Those are fun to have. They're good for review or contests. They're really just handy question and answer cards. Good for drills. I use these with my online students. I frequently drilled like the guys against the gals. And then we also have some go fish games that are nice for a rainy day or if you have somebody stepping in like a substitute. Now, if I could design the perfect co-op teacher startup pack, I would. But I can't quite do that because there's one too many variables on the licensing involved. But nonetheless, I have a hypothetical perfect startup pack for you in the event you're a co-op teacher. Now, you may want to pass this list on to your school or co-op board if they'd like to help you get up and running. I will put the list in the show notes, but here's what it includes. First, the teacher wants a volume, her very own, and it will include a digital companion guide using that code in the front. Now, though she gets that digital guide, I think a teacher would also like to have a paper version of it. The reason is it could make life a little easier. Maybe you know your preference, but I think sometimes it's easier to flip through a paper version of something rather than, you know, scroll through PDFs. So for planning purposes, it could be nice to own. By the way, those paper versions drop into binders. Third, I think a set of planning pages will be a real hit for the teacher. Next, an audiobook. The reason I'd love to see the teachers have audiobooks, it's to help them be prepared for knowing well the time period. I don't expect all teachers to show up knowing the time period that they might be teaching. They may have just been assigned this, but by having an audiobook, the teacher can listen ahead of time, maybe a quarter at a time, and really get a feel for the time period. By the way, the music in the audiobooks really helps set a theme and a tone. I would also like to see the teacher have atlases. The ones that we recommend that match each volume, they vary a bit between the volumes, but I think the teacher really needs them. Then, like those card games I mentioned, I think it'd be a good idea to have some Go Fish games tucked away for a rainy day. Maybe just one set for the whole class. Then, challenge cards. I think that they're a terrific addition. Again, that's from Bright Ideas Press. And then, timeline figures. I think it's a good idea for a teacher to build the timeline in the classroom rather than having the kids do that at home. 
I just think it's a good group activity. It's a nice visual, especially uh, for younger kids, the bigger, the better. Now, rather than go on and on about all these products in detail, let me just move on to the how-tos because that might clear up how to use these products in a group that's going to be meeting once or twice a week. Keep in mind schools that meet five days a week, they may be operating a little differently. So part three, how-to. We feel the very best way to use the mystery of history as a group, one that meets one to three days a week, is to have an agreement with your participating families that they read or listen to the lessons at home before they come to class. This is really important to catch. So I'm going to elaborate on that. By families reading at home or maybe listening to my audiobook, this supports our philosophy that we're here to come alongside families, not replace them. So I feel like this really helps keep intact the relationship between parents and kids. They're learning together. I think this helps families to get that content without the stress of all the mess. You know, they don't have to do the big juicy projects. And this gives families opportunities at home to think about what's in the headlines. How does their history tie into current events? Or to have deep conversations about the good and evil in this world. I mean, there's a lot of darkness to grapple with in world history. Oh, the hearts of children are so ripe and you just don't want to take that away from your parents. We feel next that the co-op teacher, once or twice a week, should agree to do all the other stuff. The stuff that's found in the curriculum guide. So I'm referring to the things that families can't do or won't do because of time restraints or resources. You know, they're actually looking to you and they're paying you to do this hard part. So let's imagine together a real typical week in the class of a teacher and what she could do. I think she should have an oral pretest at the end of each week for the next week. Like, let's say your group met on Fridays. Well, at the end of class on Friday, I would give a pretest for what's coming up, for what they might read over the weekend, because they might read, say, two lessons on the weekend and then read another lesson in the middle of the week before they come to class. It'll help warm up their thinking. Then when they actually start class, say on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or on a Tuesday, Thursday, whatever, they could start class by reviewing lessons using the challenge cards. That would be fun. They could add a few pieces to a timeline in the class and always point at things for review. Don't have them do the timeline at home. It's just hard. It's really much easier for the teacher to do this. For whatever reason, families stress out about building timelines. Like they want them and they like them, but they just don't want to build them. So you do that. Then it would be great if the co-op teacher could choose one or two activities in class time that are in the companion guide to best fit your class. Maybe that's putting together a play, doing some kind of craft, having a game, giving a report. There are literally hundreds of choices for the teacher, and the teacher will know her class best. As for geography, absolutely we hope the teachers will oversee mapping work in class. In fact, the teacher might want to print maps beforehand for convenience, and that'll help speed up the time frame. They may want to have some atlases handy for students to use in groups of two or three, or somehow pop up that information up on a screen. By the way, there are some variables to consider for when you can and can't print from the companion guide for class. I'll get to that before we're done today. I would also suggest for the classroom offering that weekly quiz or exercise. Here's why. It will give students some test-taking experience or let them just have fun with a group game. 
And last, experienced teachers will gravitate toward group projects and field trips that are also contained as project ideas in the companion guide, like hosting a medieval feast, reading Shakespeare out loud, or giving a class report on the tanks of World War I. There are so many activities that are conducive to a group. Don't miss them. And when it's all said and done, by dividing and conquering what we have to offer, you're really giving families and classrooms each the best of the best. Keep that contents at home. Keep the curriculum in class. It works. Imagine freeing families at home to tend to the deeper matters of the heart and then giving your gifted, experienced teachers the time in class to arrange hands-on stuff and games. It's a win-win. And let me remind you that schools who meet five days a week are probably going to be doing more on the lessons in class. It may be that students are reading one or two lessons at home as homework, and the teacher then teaches the other lesson or two in class. Last, what about group rates and who do you contact for them? Well, that's a little bit complicated because both The Mystery of History, that's my own company, and my publisher, Bright Ideas Press, we both can meet your needs but in different ways depending on the size and scope of your group and what exactly it is that you need. For example, a small group of six or more families or a school, those that want to keep their books to loan to families each year, they're going to want to work with Bright Ideas Press and get a discounted bulk order. But take a small group of six or more who expect their families to buy and keep their own materials well, you guys would want to reach out to me, the Mr. of History, for a discounted group rate. Now, to help with the most common questions that we receive about these group rates and licensing, I have created a brand new co-op document. It's on my website, and in it, I list several scenarios, and then I give you columns with check marks indicating whom to contact, the Mystery of History, or Bright Ideas Press. And if you're unsure, well, feel free to reach out to either of us. I will say this, of all the scenarios that are on the list I've made, there is one point that's a bit more confusing than the others, so I'm going to address it here. That is the Companion Guide Classroom License. When do you need one? When do you not? And where do you get it? Well, the last question is the easiest. All classroom licenses for the Companion Guides go through Bright Ideas Press. As for when you need one and when you don't, well, there's two main variables to consider. The first variable has to do with the age of the book. You see, when the Mystery of History books are owned by a school and the licenses have been used in the first year of ownership, well, then your teacher or school needs classroom licensing to keep using and copying from the companion guide in subsequent years. So to clarify and to contrast, the very first year that a group of any size buys books to keep in that first year, the group is free and clear to use the companion guide codes in every book that was just purchased. Just use it for students. And in that case, classroom licensing is not required. In fact, teachers can make copies for her class freely just for convenience, which takes us to the next variable. So the other factor to consider is ownership of the books. When a teacher of any size group is required to make copies of certain pages in the companion guide because she has some students who do not own a companion guide, well, that teacher needs to purchase a classroom license. So to clarify and contrast, if students in a classroom of any size each have purchased their own student reader that contains that digital companion guide, 
Well, then a classroom license is not required by the teacher. She can make copies to use in the classroom for convenience because we all know that the students, though they have a companion guide at home, they may or may not be responsible enough to show up in class with the blank copy of a map that's needed that day. So the teacher in that case can make copies for convenience. Now, I admit, I may have just completely confused you. No worries. It will all make more sense when you see it in print. So to get the full document with these policies and more, visit themysteryofhistory.com. You want to go to the tab labeled Support. Then there's a drop down and it says Group Rates. Scroll until you find the printable PDF. Okay, my friends, that's probably enough for now on using the Mystery of History in a co-op, a tutorial, a collaborative, or school, whatever you call it. And if you have more questions, we do have counselors. You can go to info at com, or you can go straight to Bright Ideas Press for bulk orders, school orders, and companion guide licenses. Just contact Susan at brightideaspress.com. In closing, wanted to let you know you may or may not hear from me this summer on this podcast. I'm thinking of taking off some summer months for convention season, which is nearly upon us, and a few other projects. By the way, our live events this year, they're listed on our website, and they include Wichita, Kansas, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and sunny Orlando, Florida. Oh, I hope we can meet you there, or I hope to see you online. We also have four virtual events this year. You can find details about those on my social media posts or through our newsletter. Now, while I may take off for the summer, I'll be back in the fall to continue to encourage and inspire a biblical view of home education and world history because it matters and because you matter to me. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you for the sake of the mystery. Thank you for listening to The Mystery of Home Education with Linda LaCour Hobar. For more information on Linda's award-winning history program, visit themysteryofhistory.com, a one-stop shop for chronological, Christian, complete world history for all ages.